You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. September is ending. October is starting. We all know what that means. The Kings have played preseason games. The regular season is right around the corner. How are you tonight, Vardy? I'm tingling with excitement. That's how I am, friend. Preseason games are in. Guys are already injured. The (laughs) The world is once more complete. Some guys haven't even shown up for camp. We don't know if they ever will. (laughs) But a televised game. A televised game the other night. That was exciting. Against the hated Vegas Golden Knights. Mm. Thank you, NHL Network, for airing that. And thank you for giving us our first true glimpse of Brand Clark, who I'm sure we'll be discussing in great length on this episode. Frankly, I, I, we could talk about nothing but Brent Clark this episode if we wanted to, but we're we're more broad and uh, skilled than that. Are we? Because my show notes say Brent Clark in big that, letters, and that's it. Yeah, and I, I even show. I even put a bullet point on it just for <laughs> just to make it official. It's not a bad show, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get into it here. Uh, so, uh, Brent Clark. Knocked it out the park during the rookie faceoff. Pretty much, pretty much everywhere. Pretty much, I, I think I've listened to maybe four different interviews regarding the rookie faceoff. Seen a bunch of articles. The one name consistently that came up in terms of a Kings player standing out was Brant Clark. There was some mentions of Jordan Spence, Quentin Byfield, guys who've had NHL games under their belt, but. That almost felt like people were were talking about those guys, so that it it wouldn't all be about Brent Clark. Much like right. much like we're going to try to do this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite honestly. Um, so played well at the rookie faceoff. No shocker there. Playing against guys who. Uh, yeah, that's at, what I was going to say. Yeah. That like that part was very much like ho hum. Okay, you yes. know, like you're a. You're projected, I think, to go in the top five in the draft, and even though he went eight, yeah, you know, yeah, you're, you're playing shark against amongst amongst guppies. Yeah, so you're playing speak. you're playing against guys you've likely played against a lot, mm-hmm. familiar with them. Um, all kind of these young players trying to make a mark in the NHL or hope hoping to make a mark in the NHL. I was more interested in obviously his preseason games, uh, and he's played in. Two now, is that correct? Yes, he played in the back-to-backs. He played against, right. um, yeah, he he played in in were they? I forget now. Were they in L.A. the first night, and then they? And I then, think the Kings were on the road both times. I think it was times. Kings at San Jose, and then Kings at that's right, that's right, in Vegas. Right. Yes, so he made it to both of those. He made it to both of those. He picked up primary assists in both games. Yep. And I gotta say. Both of those assists were very exciting. It's not a common thing to get excited about assists, unless you're the Bannerman. And we love playmaking. Oh, we love passers. We love, we love high IQ. We love, a, we love a guy with good vision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We like apples. And good Lord, both of them, man. I don't know if you saw the first one in San Jose, but it was I a saw very it was a very a weird head- angle highlight of it. But, yeah, because uh, that's all that was available yeah. to anyone. Uh, but it was a very heads up kind of quick play to the front of the net. Nothing too 
newsworthy or worth watching over and over again. But it was just a heads-up play that a high IQ player makes in mm-hmm. front of the net. Finds Grunstrom's stick. It's in the net. Mm-hmm. The assist on Fiala's goal, though, I can talk about that for a <laughs> while if you'd like. And it's a play that a lot of people might look at and be like, it's an overpass. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coach types would like him to shoot there. But I absolutely love the fact that he did not shoot there and and passed it off. Because it was he passed it off to a soft area where really no defender was around Fiala, or at least mm-hmm. Fiala had enough room to make a play on it. And boy, did he ever. That, that pull and drag, yeah. Um, most, I think most people would look at that, and maybe even he might be coached after the fact and been told you should have shot that puck. But I really hope they don't overdo it on that stuff with him because he made a play that I don't think anyone makes anymore. It's like this, I have a great shot here. I have a high percentage shot, but I'm actually going to make a play that to a guy that has a higher percentage chance than I do, mm-hmm. even though it's unorthodox and non-traditional in a hockey sense these days, where if you're in the middle of the ice and you got a lane to shoot and you have time and space to shoot, you're encouraged to shoot. But the fact that he did kind of a look off and found Fiala in the soft ice was, I don't know, made me excited. I researched Brand Clark jersey on eBay immediately. <laughs> I just think... If they let him do that, if they let him be himself, you really then you have you have the makings of a special talent. But they got to let him be that, and that's the part that I'm kind of worried about. Yeah, I, I think I think at least on that end of the ice, I've gotten the sense, and maybe this is just my own interpretation or misinterpretation, but between the rookie faceoff and and the preseason games, I don't get the sense that a lot of them are trying to tell Brent Clark how to be an offensive defenseman. I get the sense that they're just letting him be him and maybe letting him figure out what he can and can't accomplish on his own. Like the play that we obviously saw, um, that pass again, it's, I, I think even the defenders have been coached to believe that, okay, there's a shot coming here. Absolutely. Like two guys went to him he he drops his shoulder as though he's going to take the shot, and I, I wish I wish I could ask Kevin Fiala if he expected a pass back or if he was just being, you know, a, a highly offensively skilled winger and keeping his stick on the ice because you never know if it's going to come to you. You know what I mean? Because um, I feel like everyone on the ice thought he was going to shoot, and when that pass came back across the Fiala, the Knights were so desperate to get back over that they had to overcommit. So you saw a defender slide past Fiala on that drag. You saw the goaltender overcommit to that post so that when Fiala dragged it, brought it back the other way. I mean, the whole play just happens in the way it does because Clark draws everyone to him, fakes with the shoulder as though he's going to shoot. And then it all falls apart for Vegas at that point. And that's, that's, the most exciting thing I think in that scenario. Um, yeah, I don't know, man, you, you brought it up and obviously it's still early in camp, lots of cuts to make contracts, assignments, things like that to, to consider. Um, 
but so far he is he's making it really really hard on them to to even consider sending him back to junior well that's that's the question is like it's not a question of can he play in the nhl i think he can yeah i think the bigger question is what benefit is there in sending him back to junior at this point yeah i think that's that's the thing that the kings have to wrestle with more than more than anything and i don't know the status of sean walker i thought he was back i thought jersey and uh, arvidson were the two that were out maybe i'm you're probably right you're probably i guess i guess my point remains is that if you're unsure of the health of one or both of those guys sure i think that's where you have to make that decision i think you have to make that decision with that in mind the pairings that i saw were Dowdy Anderson, I thought I saw Bjornfoot with Roy mm-hmm. in the groups. Yeah, I'll I'll pull up right now what the what the training camp roster was for today. Um, you know, it's and all indications are that that Jersey's going to be back pretty soon. Right. Then you got to consider that you still have guys like Bjorn Foot, you still have Spence, both of whom can go down to Ontario without having to clear waivers. Mm-hmm. You've got Moverare who uh, would have to clear waivers to get sent down, which again might not be a problem. But I'm just saying, like these yeah. are the things that they're considering, right? Sure. So sure. Uh, Clark, it was Bjorn Foot, Roy, Edler, Clark this morning with Anderson, Doughty, uh, Moverare, Spence, and Walker as this as the ninth defenseman there okay um i mean there's a, there's a lot of things possible right there's a lot of things possible uh arvidson again is uh is still out um i mean would they start with, with eight defense just for the sake of trying to see get him just to give him nine games yeah i mean it's possible they could they could send down bjornfoot and spence and Jersey gets back in. I mean, then there's room there. I, I think, in my head, it's it's. All, I've always felt like they're going to give him nine games, mm-hmm. one way or the other. They're going to find a way to give him nine games, and then I think what, I, yeah, whatever happens happens. If I have to predict, I think he gets nine games and goes back to junior because yeah. it's, it's just the king's way. I just feel like yeah. that. You know, last year they or the last couple of seasons they lucked out with Byfield. In a sense right. with, that he was able to play in the minors, he was able to play in the AHL. Can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love, in my heart of hearts, I would love for them to take that chance. It's a big chance, I know, and I know that his defensive game still has a lot of work uh, that it needs. But I just the excitement of him in the offensive zone, the constant motion, his essentially inability to stay to stand still Mm -hmm. that's like the main vibe i get from watching him it's just like he refuses to stand still and i'm saying that as a good thing by the way um it's i think it's the modern nhl defenseman and that's the way they're going to be like the kale obviously kale mccarr and i'm always cautious like bringing that name up when i'm talking about brand clark because i would never want anyone to think that i expect that from this player yeah no i i think i understand what you're saying like but like, that's, that's the gold standard that's the game like that's i think that's what makes 
with scoring up as much as it is and and you got to realize when these kids were playing youth hockey the game was trending towards scoring so mm-hmm. they're going to be playing a completely different game these offensive defensemen so i just feel like with his motion in the offensive zone your need for offense i just want them to kind of take that big swing man and just be like you know what we're going to trade Sean Walker this is just yeah. an example this yeah, is just yeah, an yeah. example or whoever we're going to trade him get something quality in return that we might need and we're going to play him because i i don't think the kings have had a more talented raw talented defenseman in their pipeline since drew dowdy yeah i think that's that's a fairly easy statement to make and, and hockey iq is off the charts you mm-hmm. could see it um it would just be nice to have it's like one more reason to watch the team. I know we don't need any more reasons to watch this team, <laughs> God knows. But it's like one more reason to get excited for games. You know what I right. mean? Right. Um, and I think he has the potential to make like an immediate impact. Something that Kings rookies haven't been able to do mm-hmm. in a while. Um, and, yeah. and, and selfishly, like from a fan perspective, and obviously he's played two games, and I understand that. But there is something unique there. He's a very, I think, special player. And I would love to see that on display for 82 games. Do it, Rob. <laughs> Just do it, bro. Just trade somebody. I, I, you know, it's, it's, again, you keep hearing the phrase, uh, good problem to have. Um, they overachieved last season. They brought guys up like Jersey who overachieved and proved that they could be valuable members of this team. Um, they, they have all of these guys in every position except for goaltending. They're just filled to the gills with guys that can play. And, uh, you know, barring injuries, which is a huge statement given how annihilated they were last year and already now, you know, you're dealing with Two injuries to Dursey, Arvidsson. Granted, again, both guys sound like they're going to be back, but Peterson going down mm-hmm. now for, you know, really no details quite yet, but with lower body injury day to day for now. Um, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to project what's going to happen over 82 games. And uh, I think they're also a little bit concerned about his physical maturity and the fact that the way he plays the game makes him a target a little bit. Um, not that this was a clean hit in any way, but you saw it uh, against against Vegas in the rookie faceoff, like right at the buzzer, he got yeah. lit up by by someone who probably, you know, had been watching him all game and getting pissed off at what he was doing and, you know, decided that, Oh, now's the time I'm going to make a name for myself. Like he's, he's a guy who's, who's got a target on his back in that way. And so I think there is some legitimate concern that you give him another year to physically mature, um, ends up being a black ace perhaps at the end of next year, the, at the AHL level. Um, it's, it's not an easy decision to make. I'm right there with you. I think we had gone over this once before that the Kings have not actually produced a star player, um, from their development, uh, I think, unless you want to consider Braden Shen 
the last like borderline star player, but Braden Shen, we, we traded him away, you right. know, like, so the last star player that's actually hung around and the Kings produced themselves was Drew Doughty. There's been nothing for almost a decade now. And you're talking, you're still hoping Velarde pans out. You're still hoping Byfield pans out. And now you finally got a guy who in the, in the small glimpses you've seen of him is differentiating himself from other prospects of his level. It is very, very hard not to get excited about that. I I'm 100% with you on that. But again, at the end of the day, I expect nine games and probably back down to junior. That that's, is the most logical thing. That's yes. my that's my expectation with him. But it is it is exciting. It's it, it's it's tough to. It's good that this discussion it, even t- needs to be had. You know, I, ho- I hope it is being had, and it's not a foregone conclusion from yeah. management. You know, because if he's if he continues this play in preseason, and you see that he's having such a big impact on the game playing 24 minutes by the way yeah he's not being sheltered no he's just not being, at all he's top pairing being thrown out every situation yeah he was leading the kings in ice time i believe in the first game against san jose so yeah. it's i don't know <laughs> it's the, i understand because if if you do want to keep him on the roster and you decide okay well we'll kind of ease him in and play him sparingly then he, if he goes five six games without playing then you, you at the in the back of your mind you're like he could be in junior right now playing right right three times in the weekend or whatever they're crazy right that's about. that's the other thing right so nine games that that doesn't mean nine team games it nine nine games for him so those nine games could take 40 games for him to get you know not that i think they would do that but hypothetically excited optimistic but in the back of my mind understanding that it's not that easy and it's never that easy right when's the last time the kings gave someone a nine game look and then kept them uh i forget exactly what happened with byfield i mean i know the plan was for him to be on the roster right like I'm I'm misremembering did, now did because knock, things. Yeah, did he not get like nine games at the end of the season? Yes, it was something like that. But beginning of the beginning of the year, nine games and down. I don't know who they've had in a while that's been even good enough to consider that. Gabe Gabe came in towards the end of the season because he lost a year with injury and stuff. So he was old right. enough already to go to AHL level. Right. Dowdy probably, right? Dowdy started as an 18-year-old. I don't think he got sent down at all. Well, I, I'm, that's what I mean. I mean, someone who just didn't – who just made oh, the team out of junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just stuck and played. It's got to be him. I, I'd have to think about that, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely have to think about that. Um, other other notable things. Kevin Fiala uh, gets on the board. That's cool. Kevin Fiala is very notable. Looking and, good. And uh, I I want to actually focus on Kempe's power play goal. Sure. At the end of it, I mean, we were seeing some movement. Yes. Movement that I have not seen from the power play. And again, I don't want to read too much into it. It's one goal. It's a four on three power play in overtime. More ice to move, but um, I believe. Sp- Spence was the point man in that situation. It was between Spence, Fiala, uh, 
and Kempe eventually got the one-timer with Kopi actually in front of the net, which was interesting. Um, I, I watched that entry and the setup knowing that they were looking for Kempe on the one-timer. I, I knew that that's what they were looking for, but I was very pleased that the movement was so brisk, not just of the puck, but of the players changing position. Yeah. I, I didn't know when that pass was coming. If I don't know when that pass is coming and I've got a bird's eye view, I, I have to believe the Golden Knights did not know when that pass was coming. And when it came, it was quick and he was ready to pull that trigger. And that is a, that is a very lovely sight on a, on a power play to know that even though you know what the strategy is going to be, there's different ways of executing it and doing it well in that fashion. Yeah, it was a lot of one touch. I think Fiala went to Kempe across one first, yes. but then he went and then he went on up top to Spence. Yes, and then I think him and Spence switched places. Then it went back to Spence, yeah. and then. But there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of motion, um, like you mentioned, not puck motion, but guys right. were moving around. It's a four on three. Obviously, that's right. It's not going to be your standard power play. Right. But if you have, see, this is where I need Kopitar to get off the half wall. Because I need the left side to be Kempe and I need the right side to be Fiala. And Kopi, I've said this for years, I want him to be distributing from below the dots, mm-hmm. not from the half wall. Well, they had him in front of the net. I, I, I on a four can't on remember three, the last I time I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> on a four on three, I understand. You have him in front of that. Well, Dustin Brown's not around, so you got to have something. <laughs> so it's got to be the next old guy. Yeah, next old guy up. But I, I hope that they use that setup even in a five on four where it's you got a right-handed shot in Fiala mm-hmm. inside the left. He's circle. left-handed, I think. Is he? Yeah. Did I? Okay. Then I'm mistaken. Um, but I still would like him in that spot because he could do the downhill play that Kaliev loves to do a lot. And right. Fiala's shifty with the puck and he, he could do a pull and drag. He could just come down and shoot. And I hope Kaliev stays there too, but Again, my main point is that I would love to see a different look for Kopitar because mm-hmm. the Kings haven't had a good power play since, I don't know, my hair was jet black. <laughs> and even that might be wrong. Pre-Kopitar <laughs> era. I mean, I'm sure they had a decent power play one of those seasons. Maybe mm. 2010 was a good power play, but just time to change it up. It's been the same look. I would love to see him below the dots, like I said. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I just love seeing anything different. I love them trying that, different things. That is things. also great, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's a simple request because I think difference will lead to good things. Um, other things, um, Arvidsson's still out, and so different people have been slotted in on that uh, second line right wing. Uh, Sammy Fagimo on yes. there. and interesting i you know just throw in another swedish winger i guess and it works out just fine um but there's been some talk of gabe velarde being in that in that slot and again all indications are that he's come into camp looking very capable very committed listening to his coaches that's right doing things (laughs) picking up where he left off last season um it's exciting, man. It's 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 nice to hear good news all around. Um, 
certainly nothing is for 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 sure with all of this things can go haywire things can not play out the way you expect it but good indication so far let's see i just keep going back to brent clark i'm sorry like i, I, <laughs> I just it's good it's just even with quentin byfield who i still have huge hopes for and a lot of belief in i don't think i've I, or I, I don't remember being this excited for a king's prospect we're pretty high on gabe as well but but this is this is another this layer is, this is something else because gabe Velarde, i think it was more of a we were rooting for him to do well because we like his game but this is like this guy could be next level mm-hmm. impact i don't just i can't remember man i, I always keep Thinking like, when's the last time we were this hyped? I was not this hyped for Byfield, I'll tell you that. I mean, I was hyped based on what I'd heard, but certainly not like... I guess when I saw Byfield play, I saw the raw ability, but the execution wasn't there. I would say even flashes were limited. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was just trying to figure it out. It, yeah. It, it looked like he's just trying to, okay, like, this is going to take me some time. I'm, you know, I'm just going to do what the coaches kind of tell me to do. I'm going to chip the puck in. I'm going to play the system as much as I can. Right. Whereas this guy is just like, this is what I do. Right. <laughs> right. Like, this is what I, this is me. Like, figure it out. <laughs> figure yeah. out how to use me. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I love that about him. I absolutely yeah. love that about it's, him. It's the it's the it's the very Drew Doughty esque quality of him. Yeah. You know, just this self assured nature and youthful exuberance that Drew still has at age thirty four now. <laughs> and just so much confidence in the way he speaks. And mm-hmm. when he me- when he messes up, he tells you he messes up and how much it bugs him. And it is very much like Drew Doughty. Now that I think about it, they're like. I think the way they look, they view themselves and view the game are very similar. Right. There's a lot of similarities there. Right. I think, I think they are well aware of their abilities and they are their, their own biggest critics. And so if they show up and they don't absolutely take over a game and deliver passes like the one that he showed us the other night, I think they're disappointed in themselves. I think average is not good enough for those guys. That's the sense I get. A good game is not good enough. And you got, and you you love that. So that those are leadership qualities in spades right there. Just put them on the team guys. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. I will say, I will say full credit though. Like, I remember how excited we were for Gabe and granted everything got delayed, but what he showed the first couple games that he played, you know, like the goal on the first shift, the passing, I mean, we were, we were genuinely excited and certainly he took a step back last season, but I still have hopes, still have hopes for Gabe. As you should. It sounds like. Call me crazy. It's, it's early, obviously in training camp, but it sounds like he's trying to round out into a professional and that's good. How nice would it be of him, QB, 
all, all the boys <laughs> just yeah just took a took a 10 15 point little something yeah just give me a, just take steps dude yes if take if steps. him byfield kaliev those three guys 10 15 point improvement from each of them what a team will be oh yeah and then brand clark chipping in with 40 points you're telling me he can't get 40 points i mean thursday got 26 <laughs> i think Frank Clark can get 40 points, no problem. He can just do it on the power play. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. We got other fish to fry. Is that does that cover our King's talk? I mean, until we talk about them until later again. Until we talk about them later again, you're right. That's right, because this here is the rankings and predictions episode. Season preview, baby. Let's do Let's this. Let's get into it. So, uh, we will start from the east. Go to the West and in the Pacific, as is tradition. As is tradition. As is tradition. Um, what do you say? We start with, boy, the Atlantic. The Atlantic Division is where mm-hmm. I'm starting. And I can't remember if we did these backwards. I think we started from the top, right? Um, I think our lists, we go backwards. I think, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think from the top is more interesting. Or do we just kind of go through... You know, let's go bottom up. I'm going to say bottom up this time bottom around. Bottom up. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Why don't we give our bottom three teams? Okay. Um, some amalgamation of <laughs> Montreal, Detroit, Montreal's and Buffalo. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'll Montreal's go with that. Montreal's okay. last, bro. I'll, I'll say Montreal, Detroit, Buffalo in that order. Exactly as mine. Okay. Montreal, good. Detroit, Buffalo. The Red Wings did some things. It's like, mm-hmm. whatever, Holy I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and celebrate your David Perron acquisition. I think they got Holy a goalie. And they got someone in net that I, it's, I'm blanking on it right now, but it's a, is it Nadelkovic? Um, they? they had Nadelkovic. Oh, his, Huso, there you go. Really Huso. Huso. That's really right. Huso. That's right. Who had a good season for St. Louis, but, you know, yes. older, perhaps flash in the pan system kind of situation. Right. Um, okay, so I think they're banking a lot on further advancement from Moritz Sider, yeah, as, as they Raymond. should, right? As they should, and they will, they will yes. get better. I just don't think, um, this is a playoff push season for them, not in this division, certainly. No, no, especially when my next team, the Ottawa Senators, have become vastly better and they didn't add just a couple of random dudes. We're looking for new homes. They went out and added Alex DeBrinket, Claude Giroux, a couple of. I mean, DeBrinket alone is such an impact, right? Uh, acquisition that that's going to make you immediately better. And I just think they're going to be better than the, the other three teams. Than the I other mean, three yeah. teams, yeah, yeah, basically. And and you have a f- another full season of Tim Stutzla. Brady. You know, showing his thing. Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, these young guys who've developed nicely for them. Um, it's going to be a fun season. It's going to be a fun, fun season for them. Yeah, they get Cam Talbot to in net. So right. that's, I mean, we all know what Cam, Cam Talbot is about at this juncture. But I will say he solidifies the position at the very least. At least, you know, this is your guy. Night in, night out. Well, you know, he's going to get 
the lion's share of the starts. Right. He's make the saves he has to make. Um, he, I don't know if he's that same goalie that can steal you games that he maybe was for like a 20 game stretch of his career. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to improve you, uh, improve your goaltending. And I mean, just the team in front of him being better is going to make it easier, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. If him and Anton Forsberg split it 50, 50, even, I think they're, they're probably going to be yeah. okay. Jake Sanderson. Probably going to be playing. Yeah. yeah. Young D uh, between Shabbat, Branstrom and Sanderson. There's going to be something cooking there. It just they they still need room to grow. Obviously, that's the main thing. So I, I see them as like I see them as as almost like what the Kings were two seasons ago. Hmm. Guys are except maybe a couple guys are farther along. You know, Josh Norris in particular certainly. Um, they've got pieces. They're going to bring it together. They're going to play a lot better. They're going to win some games that people don't expect them to win. But across the course of an 82-game season in this division, it's hard. It's really, really hard, I think. Agreed. I I agree with you that they're, in my mind, they're a lock for fifth. It'd be really hard, I think, for them to to get across to fourth because they'd have to beat Boston. I think Boston is, again, number four. And that's my, yeah, I'm with you. And with Boston, the sudden... Reemergence of David Krejci. Huge. Amazingly, they get rid of the coach, and everyone's like, "Psych, we're back." <laughs> <laughs> Everything's okay. Uh, Bergeron's not retiring. Jake does, the Brusque no longer wants to trade, and David <laughs> right. Krejci's back. Good lord! Right. So I guess we know what the problem there was. Yeah. Um. Uh, they're still, you know, they're still gonna go as. Their, their big boys go, I think. But I think now with Krejci, let's say Hall, DeBrusque as your second line, they added Pavel Zaka, who has been kind of always left something more to be desired, I suppose. So a change of scenery maybe will do him some good here. Um, obviously, Charlie McAvoy, one of the better defensemen in the NHL. Right. Goaltending. Will Swayman, man, Swayman yeah. is has it's been Swayman time. Yeah, there was a There's... there was some back and forth between him and Allmark last season, but I think yeah, I think they, it's I think it's Sway's net and yeah, so they're going to be fine. I think they probably make it in the wild card. Yeah, that's that's kind of their traditional, especially again, this this division is going to look a lot like it did last year. Probably I so. Think. Probably so. All right. Uh, let's get into your top three. Um, I I think I think last year I had Toronto in this spot. Number three. And yeah, and three. Um, I'm gonna say Tampa for this spot, which is where they were actually ended up being last year. It's, it's not a knock on them. I still think they're. They're an over a hundred point team. They're just they've played a lot of games, and the other teams in that division are potentially hungrier to get to where Tampa has been at this point. That's just what it comes down to. And frankly, they've they've realized they don't have to they don't have to win the regular season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they 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 know what it takes to to get to where they want to be. 
Yeah, I got Tampa at three two. I was going back and forth between them and Florida for three, mm-hmm. just because Florida. It was a pretty big shakeup, right? Bringing in Matthew Kachuk, uh, the pieces they ended up losing, but they're still going to be a high octane team. I mean, Matthew Kachuk only adds to that. I think Spencer Knight's probably going to get. It's tough to say that he's going to get the net, but he just signed a deal. Um, it's kind of the old quick Peterson thing, except mm-hmm. Bobrovsky hasn't won two Stanley Cups for Florida. <laughs> Isn't some kind of legacy player there. So I think I think Knight probably gets more games this season. And I I'll think tell you, the one X factor for Florida, and I think Florida, if I, if I can skip ahead here and say Florida yeah, yeah. is my number two. Yeah. The one big change is the Paul Maurice change. Having him as your head right. coach, I think, is a very, very big shift from Andrew Brunette taking over Quinville, essentially continuing that style of play as a first-time head coach. Now you have a guy with the wealth of experience of Paul Maurice, maybe not the wealth of success, um, but he's going to come in and he's going to implement his own system that Agreed. he's been putting into play for 20 plus years. And I, I think it's, I don't know if it's going to work immediately the way that they want it to. I th- yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think the the big thing I think they're going to learn real quick under Maurice is just the accountability factor and the hard work factor that maybe last season when Q was gone, they just kind of, rested on their talent and just outscored teams. How many games did they go down like three, four, nothing and had to come back? Yeah. Like literally 10 to 15 times they did that. They were down big in so many games and they had to kind of be like, okay, now let's play. Right. I think with Paul Maurice, that goes away at the very least. And I think that's going to be a huge step for them. So that's a good point by you uh, to call out the coaching change. Um, but yeah, I have Florida too. I, I didn't say much about Tampa. What is there to say? They're going to be good. I think I agree with you. They've mastered the art of like, let's turn it on when we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll make the playoffs. They'll be fine. I think if Kucherov's healthy, I think I kind of expect like a really big season from him. Bigger than he's had before, I would say. So they're fine. Panthers will be fine. And I got Toronto in first. I agree. I'm going to, I think the Leafs are even hungrier this season. I think seeing Matthews win a rocket, which I think he's probably going to repeat this year. I I honestly can't think of who else is going to challenge that. Yeah. You know, someone will get maybe within five goals of him, but I, I think it's just, trophy to lose um i i wouldn't rule out some sort of larger big mid-season move for them uh depending on how things are going are you Uh, thinking in net because their um, goaltending is is man yeah here and and this was the one thing where obviously as you guys know we're gonna also talk about like conference champions and Stanley Cup champions at the yes. end of this. Yes. And as you might have remembered, I have always kind of pushed the Leafs <laughs> or forced the Leafs into some kind of final four position <laughs> or Stanley Cup position. Um, but 
the Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov combo is just scary. It's not. Listen, I don't think Jack Campbell was an elite goaltender. I still don't think he's an elite goaltender, but I think his personality and his compete kind of fit at mm-hmm. for the time for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. I just Matt Murray's been a roller coaster mostly going downwards in the last couple of seasons. <laughs> Ilya Samsonov was once kind of pegged to be the future goaltender of, of the Capitals, and now he's a backup in Toronto to Matt Murray. It just right. feels, I don't know. I think if, if there is a move to be made, they probably would be looking in goal. Um, Jake Muzzin has been oft injured. He hasn't been playing a whole lot, if I'm not mistaken. So... There's a lot of questions there, but yeah, I, I, in the end, I expect regular season success and playoff failure. Mm-hmm. That's what I expect. I probably think maybe this is the season they win around. Maybe, but I mean, they've we'll get to it in the in the playoff talk, I guess. But they've had how many game seven losses in a row? It's a lot. It sucks. How many times has it been Boston? <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm hoping. I, I'm kind of rooting and for Boston's the Boston's a better team. Boston's a better team now than they were last season, I think. Agreed. Probably. So that's that's not great. They're older, but, you know. Yeah. The depth, I think, in, on the Leafs is also questionable. So mm-hmm. I think they'll outscore a lot of their problems, but they'll probably hit a wall in the postseason. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, Metro. That's right. Okay. Started from the bottom, and we're still at the bottom. Uh, Philly. Yeah, I got Philly. Philly, Philly. Man, what a train wreck this team is. They're just in some kind of limbo right now. At least, like, when I look at Chicago, I know that they're trying to tank. I look at Arizona, and I know that they're just just waiting for for their ticket to cash in. Yeah. Philly is just floundering with no direction whatsoever as to what what's going to happen you know it's it's like a car that's on fire but (laughs) it's just still circling you know like you know someone stuck a plunger Uh, on the gas pedal and tied tied the wheel over to the to the window and it's just spinning and it's just on fire but it won't stop and i was trying to figure out the tortorella hire on this and I think it just comes down to that Torts is going to get the most out of a shitty group. I think, like, they know they suck, and they're like, hey, let's bring in Torts. Yeah. He'll, he might rally them into, like, a respectable season. That's the, the only... The, the Torts hire to me is, like, such a classic Philly hire because they know the team's going to suck. They know the fans are going to get pissed off at the players for being pieces of crap, and at least it makes them happy to know that their coach is torturing them so that they can at least take some pleasure in that pain. Oh God, that sucks. It's, it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible approach to any kind of season. And now you got, you know, Couturier is, is hurt. <laughs> like it's just yeah. bad. It's just, it's just so bad. Carter Hart had a horrific year. Just, Oh, Philly. Yeah. There was a 
I'm trying to find this. Nick Delorier. Oh God. Yeah. Nick Del- the, oh the man. Friggin' golden child of King's Twitter. Oh God. I don't understand why. It, it, I'm sorry. What was that contract we talked about? Right. It was it absurd. Was four years. And one point seven five with a modified no trade clause. Sick. <laughs> Good job, guys. That's 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 the kind of For commitment. Thirty-one-year-old Nick Delorier. Yes. One of the statistically worst players in the NHL. Oh, man. All right. This is becoming that meme, you know, like, stop hitting him. He's already dead. Sure. Yeah. Let's move on. Who do you have as the second second to worst? I got Columbus. Hmm. Okay. Um, you don't believe I in went the back and Johnny forth. Goudreau effect? <laughs> no. I, he's he's gonna be like they're gonna be fine. I just don't believe in their goaltending. I don't believe in Boone Jenner number one center. Not feeling that. Mm-hmm. There's just so many problems on this team, dude, top to bottom. I mean, you got Wierenski, who's outstanding, obviously. Then you got like some dudes and Jake Bean, Adam Boquist. They got. Gavrikovs, I guess, is turning into a decent player, but I just don't see I just don't see it for them. I'm happy for them. Yeah. I really am. But I think I just felt New Jersey's gonna be better. I I kind of agree with you. I again I think it's a divisional thing. I think it's uh you know, if, maybe if they were in the Atlantic against some of these other teams, they'd yeah. be a little higher up, but in this division, the teams that are ahead of them are are better teams, and they're not as far along in their development curve as some of the better teams, unfortunately. But again, making a making a move like bringing Johnny Hockey in certainly going to pay dividends down the line. Cole Sillinger certainly looks like he's going to be a player. Maddie uh, Johnson's going to going to be a player, uh, right? Hold on, did I, I'm mixing up names here. Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson. Sorry, not Mitchell. Thank you. Um, wrong Johnson. Yeah. Uh, I, they got they got guys. They just need time, and the teams ahead of them are better than them. I think. And if you told me like, no, New Jersey's going to be worse than them, I'd be like, sure. I'm not going to argue. Like it, it, they're to me, they're pretty close. I just give the edge to New Jersey. For whatever reason, I don't even have to explain myself. It doesn't really matter. So this is the one where I think you and I just differ ever so slightly. I think the Islanders are going to be worse than New Ooh, Jersey next year. Okay. See, I got, I got the Islanders actually kind of <laughs> resurging a little bit. I, I don't know if it's enough to make the playoffs. Yeah. For the record. But you have them, you but have I, have them I have them in fourth. Okay. I have so them I, in front of Washington. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So I have the Islanders coming in after Columbus. I think they just need, they need a change, man. I think that's probably true. It's got to start with Lou Lamarillo, in my opinion. I think it's, it's all just, you know, you got players, you got Barzal, you got Lee, you got, you know, you have talent on the roster. The the roster is not without. This is a, this is a good team. 
it's not a bad team. On I'm paper, not it yes. is a good team, but I but, but I know what you're saying. Yes, it's been the same good team for like three years, and nothing has come from it. In fact, it's gotten worse. You know, they they need to make something different. They're they're being a little too much Lulu Amarillo for my taste, and right. that needs to change. I think if this is gonna if this team's gonna emerge new jersey on the other hand has made strides every single one of their young guys has gotten better now they got palat there i think i think they got the makings of a solid forward roster here and dougie hamilton yeah you know he'll have a nice healthy season the goaltending is where it's shaky you know vtech vanacek can be but look there's plenty of teams with shaky goaltending there's, there's very few teams now that have an ace goaltender. I think this team will be better than the Islanders. It's still not going to be enough to make the playoffs, but I think the Devils are better than the Islanders in my mind. Okay. Uh, I think with Sorokin's kind of emergence and in my mind thinking that the Islanders are tired of losing when they know they should be better, I – I put them up in fourth, so that means my. So you have them in sixth, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. it would go uh, Philly, uh, Columbus, yes, Islanders, Islanders and Devil. the Devils. Yes. Okay. okay, so I've leap had the Islanders leapfrogging New Jersey and Washington. Mm-hmm. I think Washington is going to be all about Ovi for the next couple of seasons. And I think Backstrom being hurt and the Lord knows if he's coming back because it's a very serious hip injury, I believe, mm-hmm. to the point where he's having trouble moving around. I do like I do like Anthony Mantha. I do like TJ Oshie. Um, I think their D is, I don't know. I don't know what their D is. But they got Darcy Kemper in net. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if Darcy Kemper is going to be the same Darcy Kemper he was in Colorado, which wasn't amazing. Just Colorado allowed like seven shots a game and had the puck ninety percent of the time. Right. Um, so I don't. I question how he's going to do. I just think Washington, in in the same way you're kind of talking about the Islanders, I feel like Washington's running out of gas and they're just probably it's probably time to change things up but they're not going to do that until Ovi breaks Gretzky's record yeah so yeah I, I think they've got I mean their average age is well above 30 easily you know it's it's not this is the fading light of a once Stanley Cup champion team kind of situation and uh you know they're waiting for Guys like Hendrix Lapierre and Connor McMichael, and you know, it's it's they're two two three seasons away minimum from having yeah. another. And even group. then, those guys aren't can't miss. Yeah, players. No, definitely not. So, You're talking like second line guys, you right? Know? So I think they're this is going to be the start of kind of a long downward trend for right. them. Tear it down and start yeah. back up again. And so I have them in in fifth because of that. Like I said, Islanders in fourth. That's fair. That's fair. Um, 
And our top three is probably the exact same, I would assume. I yeah, have... I had I had the Caps in fourth. I, I again, I don't think much of their roster. I just think they're better than the they're better and more experienced than the teams behind them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, now that we're looking at it a little bit more, and like you said, with Backstrom being out as much as he is, maybe 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 New Jersey sneaks in to the top hey, four. I don't know. Cool. That, that wouldn't cool. that wouldn't surprise me. I I really I think this is the season that Jack Hughes goes cosmic yeah you know yeah i think that's i really do i mean he was figuring it out well at the end of last season um so caps in fourth for me and then third i have uh pens yeah um probably to save time three two one is penguins rangers hurricanes in that order yeah i assume that's what it would not much different than last year yeah uh Pittsburgh still strong down the middle uh still have a bunch of guys on D that well actually I take that I was going to say just a bunch of kind of journeymen but they got they got Petrie this season mm-hmm. this offseason which is I think a great pickup for them now you have a guy that could work your power play you don't have to rely on the brittle Chris Letang for everything <laughs> who's yeah, he's outstanding but I mean it, there's a lot of miles on that car right uh, their goaltending's. I, I feel like it's been this for how long now? The the Jari De Smith, two headed monster. I suppose I don't know, but lots of average goaltending. And I feel like depending game. on the season, one of them's the starter, and one yep. of them's the backup. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy what goaltending has become in the last few years. That like it's it, it's almost like NFL running backs now. Like mm-hmm. you you do not need an ace at all, and your longevity. Is, is very limited except for a few guys, you know, the Vasilevskis of the world. Yeah, agreed. Um, as for the Rangers, they're going to be good. I mean, they were they were the most befuddling advanced metric team last season. They were getting significantly outplayed at 5-on-5 five five in almost every capacity. Right. And they were still just winning games. And Igor Shosturkin, well, obviously, a huge part of that. Their power play was great. Uh, they add Trocheck, which is a good pickup. I've I've always loved Trocheck, man. I think yeah, he's such an underrated player. Quality second line guy. Yep. Um, Vitaly Kravtsov is probably going to get a full look. Um, <laughs> I think they have Capo Caco and Alexis Lafreniere on their third line in camp. That's their kid line. That's that's with, with what Philip emerged. Gittle, yeah. 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 So. That's three lines that could do some damage. And their Kreider, defense is solid. But the Kreider have 50 last season. Yep. Over, um, I think, right? So you, you got Kreider, Zibanejad on one line, Panera and Trocek on another, the kid line in three, and then Barkley, Goudreau on your fourth. It's just a good team, you know? Yep. They got a former Norris winner. They'll be all right. Second, I think, is good. I just don't think they're going to be better than Carolina, who I, who I am very high on this season. Man, Carolina's just, again, this is another team that is just beating down that door, you know, like just keeps getting, has showing every aspect of what they need. And just if the, if the old adage of you have to learn to lose before you learn to win is true for anyone, it needs to be for this poor team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they're 
And now they got Brent Burns in there. I mean, they got... They go from Tony D'Angelo to Brent Burns. That's pretty good. It's pretty just, good. Just to add to their all-world defense. Um, I thought Freddie Anderson was good last season. I'm sure he'll be fine. Pacioretty's obviously not going to be playing in the immediate future. Right. Whatever Looks that like means. Looks like Jake Gardner's out as well. Yeah. Um, but they're still fine <laughs> on top. They got young. They got good young players rounding out their top six and their bottom six is a ton of veterans, like leader type veterans, not just mm-hmm. some dudes. Paul like, Stastny. Paul, Paul Stastny, Jordan Stahl, Seth Jarvis, who is, had a good season, I believe. I think he had yeah, 20. Yeah, he had a really decent season. Yeah. Now. So they're going to be good. See, you want to talk about a team where their young guys are performing at a young age and gives them the flexibility to be relevant for multiple years. This is this is what I'm hoping for the Kings one day. <laughs> you know, a bunch of 22 to 24 year olds who are legit top of the lineup players. Agreed. We can only hope. So I got Carolina winning that division. Good team. So do you. Yep. Yep. All, All right. right. We go west. Oh, Arizona. Poor sweet Arizona. Yeah. At the Just bottom of the Fun fact. <laughs> they are. Let me see this. To win the division. To win the division. Oh, God. They are plus 25,000. <laughs> oh, man. That is absurd. <laughs> that is insane, dude. I got to see what it, they're... Put a dollar on it. That is so good, Lord. So, just for... That's 250 to 1 to win the division. Which is accurate. It's money being thrown away. So, yep. Yeah, Arizona, Chicago are my bottom two. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's much to get into there. I really no. I don't don't, even want to look at the rosters. The Um, only the only thing again is the Jake Chikrin presence still on Arizona. He's going to get traded. Yeah, whether that lasts the entire season, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think they asked him. It's like, hey, you you requested a trade last season. How do you feel now? He's like, still want to trade. (laughs) Still waiting. (laughs) Go go dogs. Nothing's changed here. I'll see you guys on campus. Yeah. That's what they're calling it now. When they go to to play a game, they're going to campus. That's right. See you at school. See you at school. That's right. (laughs) Hockey 101. Uh, Chicago slowly deteriorating. Vanishing into the abyss as, as was planned. Yep. Everything's on course. I really think Taves and Kane are being traded this year. I mean, they got no reason not to be. <laughs> if they're not know. requesting a trade right now, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, dude, he should be at the deadline, right? Like Kane of all people. Taves, I don't even I don't know what his health situation is, but why Patrick Kane I can understand why he didn't get traded at the draft, but if Patrick Kane is still a Chicago Blackhawk at the deadline, I, I have no idea what the hell is even happening anymore. It doesn't matter what they offer you. It really doesn't. You need to take whoever offers you the best thing possible for Patrick Kane at and the you'll, deadline. You'll get something good. You will. You hundred percent will. But there's none. You can't be playing this like. Well, we were looking for three firsts and only you know two firsts and a and a prospect is all we did. So 
<laughs> so we kept them. Um, you can't clearly be... they're not doing that, dude. With the guys, they no, just no, 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 completely thrown away. Yes, um, they're not doing that. Well, good. I should hope not. Yeah, uh, I got Winnipeg. My Winnipeg Jets. Oh, are you finally accepting that they're not <laughs> going to make the playoffs? Is this the I got year that... in six? Here's what I. There's just something broken, dude, with this team. It's the it's the it's the New York Islanders thing again. It's in my mind. How many times can you keep trying the same thing with the and same what, broken they, team? They suspended all suspended all the captaincies. Did you hear about this? Oh God! And they're gonna have like this weird. I gotta read. I gotta make sure I got this right. If because they and they had poor Mark Shifley like come up to the podium and <laughs> try to explain. Uh, we don't have an A, we don't have a C. We have this special star. And if you have a good game, you get the star yeah. and you get to wear the star next game. Yeah. Um Rick Bonus is their coach, by the way. Right. Um and first thing he does, first order of business in training camp is strip uh, Blake Wheeler of the captaincy. Solid move. Um and it, and they're going to go without a captain. Uh rumors of Mark Shifley being traded rumors of Pierre Luc Dubois once again wanting to move elsewhere um yeah I just think there's a fundamental issue here and I think it's getting real close to blow it up time Mm -hmm. for these guys because they just haven't gotten to the point where everyone expected including me and and again it's a good roster the forwards are great the goaltending's excellent top six looks great Cole Perfetti's a good player uh, Adam Lowry's a good bottom six guy. Yeah, they have so something's they not have, clicking, man. They have a pretty good goalie, but it ain't working. Yep. Right now, so yep. I got yeah, so I got the Jets there. Yeah, painful, painful but true. Yeah, I I got the Jets there, and then I have uh, Nashville after them. Yeah, personally, that's what I got. I got. I mean, Nashville again. It's a good roster. I have nothing against them, but I just think that they're in a really tough d- division. You know, again, they've got all the pieces to be a successful team. They got a good goaltender. They got good defense, and now they have McDonough on there as well. The forwards certainly some you know world class talent there with Philip Forsberg. Matt Duchesne had a great bounce back year, much to our dismay. Yes. Um, but I think. The teams ahead of them are just maybe a, you know what the Dallas. I take that, I, I, I take that back. I was going to say I, was, I, I totally skipped Dallas. I think Dallas is worse than them. I, I think, think Nashville's like ahead the of same. Dallas. Yeah, I think it's a coin flip. I, I like. I don't like. I love that they got Mason Marchment. I really mm-hmm. do. I think that's a key under the radar addition for Dallas. Uh, I yeah. just think, I just feel like is Joe Pavelski going to do this shit again where he's a point of game player at 45 years old or whatever he is like I, I just don't know so for me like these two teams are interchangeable i just put i'll tell you what it is dude i'm gonna give the edge to nashville here and i'm okay. gonna be with you because okay. of <laughs> because of peter there DeBoer it is. and his there it is i'm giving it to you thank you Thank you. And his one year, first year, miraculous, my team is good somehow effect. Mm-hmm. There you go. Who's Dallas's coach, by the way? It's Pete DeBoer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. 
Pete DeBoer is their yes, coach. Yes, that's what I meant, not Nashville. Yes. That's what I meant. Yes, Dallas, yes, yes, because yes, yes. of I'm giving the edge to Dallas, not Nashville. I confuse my my teams. I'm yeah. giving the edge to Dallas because of the Pete DeBoer effect. I'm I'm doing it for the opposite reasons. <laughs> because so you're, Pete DeBoer. I know, is, but his first seasons, Vardy. His first seasons with a team are always better. So because not, of his it's not gonna happen. Because not of his first season effect, I'm giving the edge to Dallas. No, that they're going to be ahead of Nashville. I, I hate him too much. <laughs> so Nashville will be better than them. Dallas fourth, Nashville fifth. Vardy has the opposite. That's right. Stunning. St. Louis next. I got Minnesota next. No. Yes. I think I think St. Louis has a good team. I think they're going to see some great play from their top six. Just not a lot needed to be changed perhaps, but now that they don't really have a guy like Philly Husso to jump in there when Bennington inevitably has his midseason breakdown, I think that's going to set them back a little bit. They have a good enough roster. I think they're probably a playoff team. I don't think they're better than Minnesota. I just think they have more experience, more guys that have been in the trenches than Minnesota. You're talking about their goaltending? Dude, Minnesota is completely relying on Flurry. Completely. Yeah, I know. I if, know. if anything happens to him, they are screwed. Can you name their backup? Philip Gustafson. You're looking at it. That's Correct. why you knew that. <laughs> Correct. Um, I think they lost Fiala. I think that's I mean, they got obviously young guys coming up, so they should be okay in theory. Yeah, dude. Matthew Boldy, Marco Rossi. Yes, those two. The defense is solid. You know, Kaprizov is still scratching the surface. I think of the kind of player he can be. I, they're just. I think they're just a better team, and they're they work well. They're coached well. They're coached really, really well, and you know, I I just. I think they're just a better team. I will give you this. Jordan Bennington does not inspire confidence. No, he should not. So I'll give you that, but I'm going to stick to it. I got St. Louis at two. And what I need at some point is for Peter DeBoer to coach a team with Jordan <laughs> Bennington as the goaltender so that I can immediately tell you the team that I hate the most in the NHL. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they can sign Ryan Reeves too, and then we can just throw that team into the sun. I like Ryan Reeves. Oh, come on. I like Ryan Reeves. And not as a player. As a, as a person, I'm sure he's very entertaining. As a player, I just don't uh, like him. Yeah, it. sure. But, like, I would take Ryan Reeves on my team. Fine. But anyway. Nick, Nick Delorier, Jordan Bennington, Peter DeBoer on the if same Logan team. Logan Couture is oh. on the team. Good Lord. And that he is. was on a team with Team... Pete DeBoer for many years. And it so, was very easy to hate them because they were very a division easy. rival. <laughs> Much hatred. Uh, are we even going to waste time on who's going to be first? No. Cool. I mean, we have to say it because we have to say it, but I look forward to seeing them as first again. I look forward to seeing them wreck other teams. They're, gonna They're probably going to wreck us several times. Can I just say that Evan Rodriguez on that team is going to be spectacular. <laughs> He's going to get 30 goals, dude. He's a good player. He might, He's a man. good player. And, and yeah, like Nachushkin might get better. 
their defense is <laughs> I don't even know. It's uh yeah. Bargain basement, dude. Devin Devon Taves at four point one. Yeah. For another two years. They've they've got this thing locked solid for one more season. The thing everyone will point to is their goaltending, probably. Mm-hmm. But like Pavel Francois is going to be just fine. I think like for that team, even Georgiev is probably going to be fine. Yeah. Again, I think they're just, when the team in front of you possesses the puck 68% of the time, you just have to be decent. You don't really have to be a very tremendous goaltender. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what it is. They're they're going to be a, a great team, and they still have Nathan McKinnon for six point three this year before he doubles up on that number. The highest paid player in NHL history. Yep. Good for him, man. He ate shit for a while there. But not in total contract value, right? I think Ovechkin's contract, in terms of total value, is uh, is still more somehow. I think it's the highest. Average AAV twelve point five, because like Tyler Sagan is making thirteen million this year, so it's not even a single season. Right, but it drops down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, AAV highest of all time. That's right. Until Until, Matthews, yeah, exactly, comes up in twenty (laughs) four, twenty five, and then exactly fifteen million. (laughs) Right. All right. Should we bring it to the sunny, sunny side of the world? Let's go bottom. All right. Bottom up. Uh, San Jose. 100%. They're done. Just, they know they're, they're done. Such a bad team. They're Such a bad, bad team. And I'm so happy that <laughs> Logan Couture is going to be miserable for at least a couple <laughs> of seasons here. Um, I feel bad for Eric Carlson. I always liked him, but whatever. They're... He's, Dude, he can he can get traded. Sure, <laughs> anyone can get traded at this point. There's, sure, there's and, no... and I and I almost expect some of these guys to be moved right. at some point because, like Timo Meyer is a good player, but outside of a couple of guys in their top six, you're getting real real thin. Yeah, you got Meyer, you got Hurdle, Couture will still put up his points, and then it's just a whole lot of. Oh boy, <laughs> you know. Nothing more oh boy than their goaltending situation. Oh boy. Capo Kakinen and James Reimer. Yikes. Cool. Their, their defense is, I mean, they're, they're honestly, they're, they're right on that like Chicago cusp of lottery Connor Bedard <laughs> journey. Maybe. If I'm being honest with you. That's the one scary thing about this upcoming season is that there's a very, very real possibility that Connor Bedard ends up playing in the West and potentially in the Pacific Division. Great. Just just throwing that out there. Great. Because the team next, you know, next worst, in my opinion, is still Anaheim. Yes, I think I think Zegers is fantastic. Um, Drysdale, but they, Drysdale's great. Mason McTavish is going to be something, but 
I just, they're just not a good team. <laughs> no, they're not a good team. Uh, they got uh, John Klingberg in the worst. <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this properly. Um, in the worst, I'm gonna wait it out scenario mm. I've seen in a long time. Yeah. To end up with Anaheim on what a one million dollar deal for one year? It was like no, 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 no. It was like seven million. You got a one year deal okay. for seven. Okay, sorry, a one year deal. Let me just. John Klingberg, worst player of chicken known yeah. to man, <laughs> and fired his agent once he realized that this was a bad idea. <laughs> And every wonder, team had Hardy. <laughs> I really wonder if if when he signed that deal, his agent looked at him and goes, "Yeah, <laughs> this was a bad idea." His agent was like, <laughs> "Well, he fired the agent before he signed." Oh, did he? Yeah, he fired well, him before he signed. Well, he probably got the contract offer or something, and the agent was like, "I got this deal for you, baby. We're going to sunny Southern California, seven million clams. Let's do it." I think the offer came, Klingberg. And and his agent told him, this is the only offer we have. And Klingberg said, you're fucking fired. Buddy. That's right. I'm going to sign this. That's you're right. fired. That's right. He probably signed John Klingberg and then wrote in really small letters, you're fired. And then drew an arrow to the agent's name on the contract. Yeah. So Not a good team. No. John Gibson, it's time, buddy. It's time to ask for that trade. There's a guy. Home. There's a guy that if Toronto could somehow... Sure. Make that work. Or like 10 other teams. Um, yeah, but I mean. Toronto, you know, that's your guy. Yeah, I agree. Toronto's I agree. a team that like would make the play for that and would give up some pieces that they don't need. You know what I mean? I agree. He's from Pittsburgh too. Just throwing that at Florida mm-hmm. out there. That might be something. But but you don't have much to give, I think, if you're Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. not when you're signing 35-year-olds to <laughs> yeah. $7.5 million or whatever it was. Great. All right. Uh, Okay, next. next. I got Vancouver. I have Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry. Seattle, not Vancouver. Sorry. You're I, mean, right. they, I, I, I skipped Seattle. I have Seattle. Okay. Of course. Vancouver is going to be better than Seattle, certainly. Yeah. Again, I, I, I think they're a much better team. And if you look at the way they're built, yeah, they're built in a very, very Tampa Bay-esque fashion. This is, this is a slow burn. Yes. By Seattle. Absolutely. The opposite of Vegas. This is like the slow, we're not going to rush this. Like we're going to, we have players that can play now, but we have real dudes coming up in like two, three years. And I respect Dude, even this year, I think Maddie Beneers is going to be a problem. Yeah, he's a problem. Maddie Beneers is going to be a problem. I look forward to seeing what Shane Wright does. Did you see that goal he scored on Edmonton? Dude. What was that? (laughs) nasty the fact that he recovered that puck like a full two and a half feet behind him and then brought her forward and was like you know what i see about two inches of daylight (laughs) i'm gonna shoot for it (laughs) it's a nasty shot and Uh, i look forward to seeing shane wright play with a chip on his shoulder you know there's 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 some talent here got Burakovsky coming in. The reason I say very Tampa Bay-esque is because there was a period of time where Tampa Bay had like 10 guys signed to five and a half to six and a half million dollar deals. And that's exactly what Seattle's contracts look like right now. All staggered, all like five million here. No one's making, you know, more than five and a half million. I guess Kubauer is the most expensive yeah. guy at 5.9. 
and he had a horrific year last year, like an unexpectedly bad year for him. Lots of room to get better there for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think they will be better than our Pacific division friends. Yes. So as I was saying, then I have, then I have Vancouver and yeah. they're, they're like this weird, a lot of people expecting like a huge jump from them. I just don't see it. Is it, you know, if everyone's pointing at the Boudreaux effect mm-hmm. as being the reason, I just don't. Maybe they're banking on Andre Kuzmenko to like step in and be a top six forward, Ilya Mikheyev. Um, maybe they make a, I don't know, maybe they make a playoff push, but it's so dependent on what Vegas, you know, is Vegas in the spiral? Or yeah. is it, you know, are they in a bounce back? Then there's the Kings. Are they for real kind there's, of thing? There's, I think is a very, very tight separation between the next three teams, in my opinion. I think, I think the Pacific goes three, three, two in my mind. The bottom three are the ones we discussed. The middle three, I think are very back and forth like they were last season. And then, um, you got your top two, the top two. Yeah. That's how I see it. I think, I think it ends, um, Vancouver, Vegas, Kings from the bottom up. That's how I have it. Um, but I would not be surprised if Vegas is actually lower than Vancouver because Vegas, whereas I feel like Vancouver's trending up, they've made some right moves. They've got good players in all the appropriate positions. I think Thatcher Demko's a a solid goalie. They've got Quinn Hughes as a solid number one defense. The top six is solid. They got a good coach, all trending up. Vegas is, (laughs) Vegas is, is trying to ask Philly to slow down the flaming clown car so they can hop in. That's that's how I see Vegas right now. They're just in in disarray, full of bad karma. They got no goaltending. You know, losing Laner, obviously, you never want to see anyone get hurt like that, but out for the year. Then <laughs> now they have to hope that Laurent Brossard and Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson will be fine. He's a good goalie. Fine, but like, dude, you yeah, don't. You're trying you to win a Stanley Cup. Season, yeah. yeah, you don't. Come on, this is not. This is not the Logan Thompson will carry us time. You know what I mean? You're not excited um, about Phil the Thrill. I think it's a good signing for them. I think it's a nice cheap winger for them to have, but they're they're one Mark Stone back spasm away from yeah, complete from just completely being although terrible. i will say i expect jack eichel to have a big season fine i again i'm, I'm not saying they're not going to challenge for a playoff spot but i think the days of them being cup contenders is is long gone and is like trending in this direction whereas yeah. the other teams are coming up no i agree i have them uh, in the same spot fourth yep uh let's talk about number three for a few minutes. The LA Kings, cool. number three. I, I think that's where they're going to be. That's their sweet spot. Yeah. Fiala, I think the young defense taking steps forward. Hopefully, Quentin Byfield taking steps forward. 
Arthur Kelly of those two obviously are huge in terms the of full season of Drew yeah. Doughty. <laughs> Drew Doughty, yeah. Can't forget him. Having him there hopefully for a full season. The goaltending is I don't know. It, I'm sure it'll be fine. Jonathan Quick's gonna be good. I have no doubt. I don't doubt him. I really thought this was uh <laughs> this might have been the, the time for Cal, but another setback kind of hurts. Hopefully it's short term, but it's still you just don't want to see that. You just don't want to yeah, see that. You don't you want, want injuries. Him, you want him to reason. be dependable. You right. want him to give up the to give off the vibe that he's gonna be there. Um but yeah, I, I think the Kings are gonna be a fast, dangerous team. And I think where some some teams are aging and just kind of stuck like Vegas, I think the Kings are moving up. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the lineup, man, that top line is going to be flying. Minus Kopi, who's just going to be like, take the puck, sure, just go. Yeah, um, Kopi's going to work on his flip passes all sec- season. Second line, Arvi needs to get healthy, obviously. Once he gets healthy, you got a pretty damn good second line there. A lot of speed and creativity. Third line is going to be huge. I like Ayafalo with those two. We, we mm-hmm. discussed it in previous episodes. I think he's a good anchor for that line. And then you got Grunstrom, Lazat, Lemieux. It's a fine fourth line. Things are looking aces right now. The lineup looks good. You look at the lineup on paper, you're like, yes. It's it's a deep lineup. Yeah. It's a very deep lineup. with, And so, you know, I, I really like... Dom decisions and you know the athletics projections that they do, but the one thing that they can never really account for is young players taking the next step. Yeah. A lot of their projections are based on what the guys did the fall, the prior season, and I think a couple of these guys on the Kings are are really going to take a solid step forward. Yeah, my prime candidate for that is is already Kaliev. I think he's he's gonna emerge as a twenty goal scorer, no problem. And I've said this before: if Quinton Byfield can have a forty some odd point season, it's it's gonna be huge for his development. It's gonna be huge for the team. It's gonna make things so much more clear for what the next several seasons are gonna be like. Um, if Gabe Velarde can can bounce back to kind of what we saw from his first season into a little bit of his, you know, second season. Uh, If Carl Grundstrom, if Carl Grundstrom can, can take some steps forward and really build on his success that he had in the playoffs. I think there's a lot going on here that we have to be excited about for this upcoming season, the next several seasons, it's, it's going to be another fun, fun year. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I like what I see. Honestly, if if it hadn't been for if it hadn't been for Calgary making a couple moves towards the end there and getting Kadri, I I would have put I would have put the Kings in too, but I think Calgary rebounded nicely from the terrible start to their offseason and that, you know, they have enough there where they're still going to stay in the top 2 in my opinion. I agree. I have Calgary in 2. Um it's always a questionable thing when you kind of restructure things so intensely and dramatically like that but i give them full marks for 
on the fly, just retooling their team. Um, I, and it's one of those things where you're, you, you don't want to mess with a good formula, right? Mm-hmm. And some people will say, well, Calgary messes with a good formula because they were so good last season, but they were abysmal in the playoffs. Yes. And I think that is very important to remember. It's not like they had a deep run and then you had, you had to restructure the team. They were horrific in that series against Edmonton. I cannot stress that enough. They were horrible every game. So I don't think it's that big a deal. I think it might be a positive if they spin it properly. I mean, I still think Daryl Sutter is a great coach. He's already throwing grenades in his preseason pressers, which is awesome. Amazing. Um, it, I, I do think I wouldn't be s- surprised if the Kings are better than Calgary. Just because there's a little less uncertainty there. There's less uncertainty. It's the trajectory thing. And mm-hmm. as, as much as I'm talking about the Flames didn't restructure all that much or it was a proper restructure because they weren't good in the playoffs, it's still a lot of new faces getting used to yeah. a hard-ass coach. So, so the difference here is now they're going to have to rely on a more even offensive distribution. I think they knew last season that shit hits the fan, things aren't going the way we need to. Johnny and Kachuk were gonna we're gonna make something happen. I don't know if you can legitimately say to yourself that like, don't worry guys, Huberto's gonna get us something right. here, or 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 Nazem's gonna bail us out. You know, like I just I don't. It's just a different level of player. It's it's. I don't think the teams need need to worry as much about who oh man how are we going to handle calgary's offense tonight like they had to before taking nothing away from hubert or kadri i think they're fine players but they're a tier below kachuk and and johnny goudreau yeah there's not an insult to them mackenzie Weger though that's a great great add-on it's a great great player he's right yeah he's immediately their number one defenseman even though I think we argued that I don't think he's a number one defenseman. Right. Um, but he's going to be on their top pairing, as right. probably should be, number one PP. Actually, this is what they're running right now on um, – I think they have Huberto on the point, hmm. which is not the worst. Interesting. Thing yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think they'll be – they'll get their regular season points. That's yep. what it really comes down to. And winning the division, we have Edmonton, yes? Yes, I do. I do too. Yeah. We, we talked about this before. I think Jack Campbell is certainly an upgrade in net. Yes. A more consistent goaltender. Um, addition by subtraction, getting rid of Zach Cassian in my mind. Um, Evander Kane worked out for them. They brought him back now for a full season. I'm sure that's going to help them. And and you still got the two-headed monster up top that'll, you know, like I was just talking about with Kadro and, and Kachuk, they go as, as Drysaddle and McDavid go. One of those guys gets hurt or something, it all falls apart. But if they're there and they're healthy, they'll be, they'll be just fine. 
they're also playing well under Jay Woodcroft. Let's yes. not forget yes. last season yeah. they had that. God, I don't know how many games they lost in a row. Right before they made the coaching change, um, and since then they've been they were very good. Uh, they were obviously good in the playoffs, good enough to go to the Western Conference Final, um, where they eventually fell to an unstoppable team, which will probably happen again this season. But yeah, yeah. I think they'll be fine in the division. I think a full season under that coach, I think they're comfortable. I think they have a lot of positivity right now in that locker room. Mm-hmm. I think Connor McDavid's playing the best hockey of his life. Like he's he's moved on to that next tier of like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do everything I can to win this game. He's graduated mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that Crosby level, McKinnon. Yeah, Crosby McKinnon, that competitor level, right? Which is something I think like Austin Matthews still has to graduate to. He's working on it, but he's not there yet. And I think last season in the playoffs, McDavid went to another level. And I think this season he's gonna be, whew. Yeah, it's gonna be scary. So, so I'll, I'll give them that. So who who do you have as your uh, final four? Okay. So um, your your Western Conference Finals, your Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Eastern Conference Final. I have. I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay and Carolina. I'm gonna go Tampa, Tampa Bay Carolina. Tampa Bay Carolina Eastern Conference Final. Um. And I have to go Colorado, obviously, coming out of their division. And Edmonton, I think it's going to be a repeat of that series. And I, and I think it's going to be a repeat in more ways than one. <laughs> um, I think it's – I agree with Carolina-Edmonton. I think the Kings make it to the second round this year. Hey, when I think the first round matchup is going to be them versus Calgary, and I think the Kings will win that matchup. That would be awesome. I would love that's that my series. That's my bold prediction. Okay. Um, but I think it's ultimately going to be um, Edmonton, Colorado, out west, Colorado winning again, which I think is what you were saying. East, I think it's going to be um, Carolina, but versus Toronto. Mm, Toronto's going deep, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them to the Eastern Conference Finals where they will lose. <laughs> I think the Cup Finals will be. The Battle of the Natural Disasters, the Avalanche versus the Hurricanes. I agree. I got Carolina versus Colorado in my Stanley Cup final. Just to be different, I'm going with Carolina to win the Stanley Cup. Mm. I think it's repeat season. Yeah, I think. I mean, listen. Dude. <laughs> listen. I Literally, the only reason I'm saying Carolina is that so to we be both don't say yeah. Colorado. Yeah, because they I are. Understand. I just don't. What? I don't know what to say about that team. They're just perfect. They're, they're in the perfect time. They they exist in the perfect time for their skill set. They look unstoppable. They've lost guys. It looks like it doesn't even matter. Right. They got Kale McCarr. They got Nathan McKinn. I mean, shit. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm another reason I'm going to go with Carolina is because I'm going to have a Stanley Cup ticket on them. They are currently plus eleven hundred. Which seems it's a solid bet. Like a bargain. Yeah, it's a solid bet. Colorado is plus 300 to win the Stanley Cup, which is some of the lowest odds I've seen <laughs> for any team to win any championship, dude. That's insane. 
They were plus 600 last season. <laughs> and now it's like 3-1. to 3-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup? That's crazy. That's Yeah, that's pretty wild. So I'm going to go with the 11-1 to one underdog, who I think is going to come out of the East. Carolina I mean, is plus 600 to win the East. Interesting. So... It, yeah, we're in this we're in this strange period of the NHL where like it's it's just blocks of teams, right? Like you're gonna see the same three or four teams, I think, over and over again. You had some interesting ones there with Dallas and then Montreal, some weird outliers that kind of snuck through, but ultimately the cream to quote the macho man, the the cream rises to the top. That's right. And uh, it's, the, the cream is in Colorado at <laughs> the moment. It's very creamiest cre- of creams. Very creamy. <laughs> it's it's super high, creamy. Mile high city. <laughs> Light and fluffy. It's the, it's the altitude. That's what it is. That's right. Um, All right. Trophy wise, trophy wise, I had Matthews wearing my winning my rocket. Yeah, I think the heart is going to be McDavid. Pretty standard. I think the Norris is going to be Makar. Okay. Um, I mean, right? <laughs> Maybe they give it to Yossi. Maybe they give him a lifetime achievement. Great. Um, rookie of the year is a little hard. I think that's Owen Powers. Is it? I don't know if he's... I got to wait and see him play for like an extended period of time. That's, they're going to they're gonna stick him in 82 games. They're going to put him in every position possible. Granted, he's, he's a defenseman, but we've seen a run of defensemen like that. You know, it's a, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting, a lot of good rookies coming through. Uh, you if can't. Brand Clark's of 82 game player. Watch out. Watch out, homies. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Probably. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. Is Matthew Boldy still considered a rookie? Because he was, how many games did he play last year? Let me see here. Uh, he played 47. So he's, I don't think he's a rookie anymore, right? I yeah, I think it's twenty something is the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco Rossi might come in and light it up. Maddie um, Beneers. Maddie Maddie Beneers. There you go. That's a good one. Some good ones out there. Good if times. I if I had to Mason McTavish, don't forget him. Um yeah. I think if I had to pick a caller right now, I'm gonna go with Maddie Beneers. I like it. It's a good pick. Yeah. He's gonna get all sorts of minutes, gonna get all sorts of numbers. Vesna, I can't imagine. I mean, Vasi, Shosturkin. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> like. You want okay? I'll give you my I'll give you my dark horse Vesna candidate. Okay. How about that? Fine. Uh, Swayman. Okay, that's a good one. I just think the team will play the type of system that'll make it conceivable for him to win it. Okay, if I have to give a dark horse, I guess I'll. Spencer Knight. Okay. Why not? All right. Jack Adams. Oh, I hate the Adams. I hate it too because it's like, who's going to overachieve? Maybe Brucey. Brucey's yeah. a good pick. I'm, I'm going to give it to Todd But they got to make the playoffs. I'm going to give it to Todd, right. damn it. There we go. Todd deserved it. There we go. The reigning Jack Adams trophy winner. Who got it last year? Um, wasn't it, 
Daryl? Uh, yeah, Daryl. Daryl got, got it. Yeah. Raining Jack Adams finalist, not currently employed, Andrew Brunette. <laughs> no, that's Bad nomination. Yeah. Horrible nomination. All right. All right. So that's that. That's right. Another one. Another, another amazing season. You could take those picks to the bank. I think we were we were right last year. Not that it's much of an achievement, but yeah, we both we, picked Colorado. Yeah, uh, and I think I had Makar winning the Norris last sure. year. So, so so did I. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so <laughs> not. Difficult. I'm a damn. I'm a damn oracle. Um, episode ninety. You're Maybe. off the hook. <laughs> yeah, no shit. There's no, there's no 90. Great. Ryan O'Reilly, is he the greatest number 90 of all time? There you go. Now let's play that game. Probably. Uh, greatest, any, I, I can't remember. Uh, let's see. Any other ones you can think of? Mm. Oh, man. Joe Juno. <laughs> hey, Joey Juno. I used to have so many of his cards. Yeah. We'll give it to Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> over, over Joe Juno. So, but this is not the Brian O'Reilly episode. I refuse. All right, you pick then. Whose episode is it? It's the Brant Clark episode. <laughs> I love it. It's happening. It's the first of much... many. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It has to be. I don't know who else it would belong to, given how much. Listen, he's wearing number 54, right? There you go. There's a nine. By the time we come back around to it, he'll probably be wearing number 55. Five I don't know. That's four. QB's. Yeah, Five he'll be nine. Who nine. Knows? He'll be five. I think he's gonna wear five eventually. Maybe he'll stick to fifty-four because it's five. Is he was wearing fifty-five in junior. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Good times. All right, all right, guys. So the next time will be uh, probably after the season starts. Maybe yeah. we'll wait and actually get a couple games under our belt before we try We're to. We're gonna have anything. to because I'll be out of the country. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sixteenth. So. That's right. I'm going to be trying my best to follow as much as I can, but I will be way out there in uh, in Africa. I'm going to Egypt, so I don't That's know right. if they have the NHL network there. He's going to go find the, the Lost Ark. Yeah, I don't know if they have uh, the center ice package out there, but I'll try to. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'm sure I can stream something or the other. So. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a real fan, you'll find a way. Satellite okay. phone or something. That's right. Make sure you pack your whip and your fedora. Watch so out for Nazis. It's gonna They're all over the place. It's, it's going to be all on you for two weeks, all the Twitter interaction. Oh, my God. This is, this is my time to shine. <laughs> top line center goes down. Time for me to step up. I guess. Well, I, I, when it comes to Twitter, I would call you the top line center. Oh, so. you're too kind. You're too yeah. kind. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy uh, the start of the season, Kings fans. Let's hope for Goddard to come back in one piece mm-hmm. from his African travels. Um, until then, we'll see you on Twitter. Please like, subscribe, etc. Uh, let's go 22-23. Let's get it. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an LA Kings podcast.